Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hey, Amanda. Good morning. Good morning, Kristen. How are you today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling contemplative. <laughs> I'm super excited about our topic for today. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's a little birthday because <laughs> this topic's been living in my mind for many, many years. And this is the first time I'm ever really speaking about it or talking on this topic. So happy birthday topic. Happy birthday topic. (laughs) Yeah. So today we are going to just explore the question of why we scrapbook um, or document or memory keep. I think all those kind of wrap into the same question. They definitely do. And I think like you can choose whatever title fits you and whatever title fits you at the time or project or they're interchangeable. And it's all, you know, whatever definition suits you, whatever word suits you. Yeah, I tend to think, I mean, we, you and I talk about paper projects a lot because that's, that tends to be what we gravitate to and what we love. Yeah. Um, But social media, I mean, we had that big episode about social media and Best Nine and kind of touched on that a little bit, but social media is scrapbooking and documenting and memory keeping like the modern way to do it. So all you crafty ass females listening, you know, if you've never glued paper onto paper, this will still apply to you. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially now with like Instagram stories, you add your text, you add your like little emojis and everything. That's like, that's digital scrapbooking, like 101. Yes. Welcome. You've you've you're part of the group you are a designer (laughs) like all these apps make you a designer basically you've done it welcome (laughs) you're part of our cult yeah so why we scrapbook why we document I mean first of all and we touched this a bit in our previous episode on social media proof of life proof of existence proof you mattered you know it it serves as proof right everyone wants to kind of not vanish into the abyss. So I think this need to show people that you're alive is kind of at the core of it. Totally. Even if you wanted to show yourself that you're alive. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And I mean, for me, if you've listened to my story episode, I say I've I've always been a creative person for as long as I can remember existing. I've just always tried to solve problems and came up with scenarios and made things. Um, but when I think about why I do it now or, or the stages along that journey of why I feel like I need to document life, like, I feel like that answer to that question has evolved. And at any point in the journey, it's been a different answer, but now all those answers are living inside me and they all kind of make sense and kind of sum up to me why I memory keep. Does that make sense? I think that's awesome. It definitely makes sense. So let's talk about them a little bit more. Yeah. So, I mean, at first, if you've listened to my story episode, I reference this period of my life that like gluing paper to paper and collaging and just images from magazines and stuff was a trancy kind of thing. And I think at first, the reason why I memory kept or documented was because it it translated into this seancey type of activity. It was something I was kind of just called to do. And my mom, you know, always promoted creativity as far as like painting and making and let's go to the art store and buy this, you know, project kit and whatever. But I, on my own, kind of translated that into memory keeping. So in the beginning, it was just kind of the extension of this crafty bunch of stuff that my mom had us do when we were little. I think that's a lot how it was for me, too. Um, mm-hmm. I kept movie ticket stubs as a teen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I definitely still have 
three ticket stubs to Titanic in my bedroom right now. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah. How like old were you when you watched that? that? Like eighth grade, right? Seventh grade. I. It was sixth grade for me. Yeah, I was too young. Can we just talk about that? Like, I was, I was too young. Wait, for no, that hold content. on, I went to Catholic school, and like, <laughs> so I went I... with my Catholic school friends and like their family. It was oh, like awkward as hell. <laughs> um, and like then we went again, <laughs> yeah, which was, was even more awkward. <laughs> um, no, that was. Uh, yeah, no. So I still definitely still have those. Um, awesome. Like. All sorts of like just like memorabilia things, like things, mm-hmm. like kept memories, mm-hmm. and like that evolved into pretty paper at the craft store, mm-hmm. and like doing more creative things with my memories, mm-hmm. and then from there it was like, oh well. I also really, really, really love taking pictures. Right. That's something I love, even completely separate from scrapbooking and any other art form. I love taking pictures. And I think that comes from a love of seeing other people's pictures. Like, I I think a lot of it came from my mom's photo albums Mm -hmm. and being able to touch and smell and see what she looked like and her story from that photo, like... All that experience behind what it means to have a photo captured of a moment, I think yes. is why I love taking photos too. Absolutely. And yeah, seeing that's wrapped up in. what places looked like at a particular moment in time. Mm-hmm. Because like, sure, you know, like you can look at things and you can see things for what they are, but a, a photograph of what something looked like a hundred years ago, especially especially things that are still standing Mm -hmm. and then not standing like trees with houses next to them or you know new houses Uh, some of my favorite memories growing up are looking at my grandmother's photo albums and you know seeing that the way the houses changed and like additions put on when you know family members had babies or you know got married and needed you know more room in the house um the stories would not be nearly as rich and visual and like um nearly as as amazing without those photographs mhm and, and then e- just go ahead and that's just one picture from them you know one or two pictures to tell you know stories right, like over not a 10 year period by... yeah and so like now we have all of these pictures then the ability to take you know you know tens of thousands of them and it's still like the one thing that i think is so important is to keep the memories that we want to keep mm-hmm. and why like printing out our photos and scrapbooking the ones that are important and you mentioned last week memory keeping scrapbooking the events within 2 weeks mhm and like how if you don't do that, it's not really scrapbooking in the moment. You get this this like filter of history, and then you're no you're telling the story that happened b- before, right? And when it's the not feelings really this are thing. no longer rich surrounding the story, that alters how you scrapbook it. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah. And you know, and that's not to say that there's not value in scrapbooking past stories. There's there's Oh yeah. Incredible value in that. But it's just it's a different story. It's a different right. story and to scrapbook, you know, what happened tonight than, you know, what happened two weeks ago. You now have all of the information of what you know in the past two weeks. Right. And I mean if there wasn't value in retrospect scrapbooking then then uh Throwback Thursday wouldn't be a thing. Like people love Throwback Thursday to be able to look at past things and tell a story around it or reference it and with new, older, grown up perspective. But that's a separate thing. (laughs) Right. And it's also so much easier and pretty much necessary 
to, you know, first document those memories in the present to be able to throw back to them. If you didn't take that picture in the first place, if you didn't have that memory in the first place, then you can't do the throwback, you can't do the retrospective. So you need to be able to tell the story, you need to be able to have the moment, you need to be able to have kept that memory and told that story and done the work in the first place to be able to come back to it at a later time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You have to understand that story. Right. Before or take you the can picture. reflect on it. Right. Right. That's true. And like what you're saying about your grandma, like the fact that you could get so much story from a picture and that wasn't even accompanied by a cute saying or a cute sticker or, or a typed up version of her experience in that picture. Like it literally Absolutely. is just the image, but you know, to memory keep now and in, in a modern day way, sometimes it is mostly photo heavy. Um, but it's usually accompanied with, by some kind of journaling or reflection or artwork, which tells even more of the story. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many ways to tell your story and scrapbook and memory keep that you're limitless. Hey. <laughs> yeah. word. Yeah, no, totally. And there's so, like, yeah, there's a bunch of possibilities to do so. So don't feel like you, again, have to be trapped down by paper memory keeping. There's other ways. And also you don't have to do like the 12 by 12 bulky scrapbooks. Like if you don't find traditional scrapbook working for you in a style way, it, it worked for me for a long time. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, 10 years of amazing 12 by 12 scrapbooks. Right now, they don't work for me. Mm-hmm. I look at 12 by 12 pages, and I immediately get crafter's block. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways for me to not get crafter's block with a 12 by 12 scrapbook page is to work on something that isn't a 12 by 12 scrapbook page. So right now, I don't do 12 by 12 traditional style scrapbook pages. Um, and so don't be afraid of scrapbooking because you don't like what everyone else is doing. You can scrapbook however you want. If you want to buy a little, you know, moleskin notebook because they're adorable and cute, awesome. You can scrapbook in that. If you want to go to the Target dollar spot and buy, you know, the cool binders and uh, hole punch some cool paper that you find and scrapbook on that, you can absolutely do that. Scrapbooking is whatever you want it to be. It's, you know, you taking the cool things about your life and putting them in a book. It's... It's not scary. Yeah, bounding them in one. It's not awesome. Right. It is awesome. It's just um, binding them in one concentrated space so that you can recall them later is really what it is. So nowadays there's like plethora of different formats and templates and and ways you can go about doing that in different sizes, what works best for you. Yeah. Now it's much easier. But Project Life to me years ago was so popular because 12 by 12 was really the only format that people associated scrapbooking with. So right. When she, yeah. So when she broke up that page into these little pockets, that was really a revolutionary time. But now you got people memory keeping in planners and mini books and bullet journals and travel journals thick, thin, like, yeah. So pick which, what you think would work best for you and just go for it. Go crazy. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and it doesn't have to be, there is no right or wrong way to approach memory keeping. Mm-hmm. You mentioned last week about, you know, catching up and then uh, what was the phrase that you used? Yeah, I try to think about it a lot of people focus on the catch up. They need every single season of their life documented and they feel if they miss out on it, they need to go back and, and make sure they caught up before they can move forward. But I always say, don't think of catching up, think of coming back. So yes, the comeback. Yeah, the comeback. And I think that that's something that is really awesome to combine with the right now focus and just not worry about chronicle your entire life mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter if you scrapbook every holiday or every birthday or every you know if you're 30 years old everyone's gonna know that you've had 30 birthdays and you know we're around for 30 Christmases no one's gonna dispute that yeah um 
document the things that you like. Document the things that are cool to you. You know, I love that you document all of your this is life. Like, oh my god. What is the name of that television show, Amanda? Oh, this, this is, is us. us. Yeah. I'm like, this is life. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> but somehow I kind of knew what you meant. I was like, wait, I know what you're talking about. No, this is us. I love how you document yeah. this is us. Because I'm, um, document the things that are important to you. If it's important to you to hang out with your friends, then document hanging out with your friends. If it's important to you to, like, cook food and make new recipes, then document your recipes. If your kids are super important to you, document the time that you spend with your kids. Um, it's not about, like, oh, you know, this is what Christmas looks like in our house, and this is what Thanksgiving looks like in our house. And, you know, definitely, absolutely do not get caught up in, well, our Christmas doesn't look like what most people's Christmases look like, so maybe I shouldn't even bother scrapbooking my Christmas because uh, I don't know if it's worth scrapbooking because it's just me and, you know, like, my husband works on Christmas, so he's not even home, and so, like, it's not, like, a normal Christmas, so it's not really worth it. This is your life. It's awesome. Like, it's yours, and you're the best person to tell your story, so you should tell it. And even if, you know, I keep using, you know, Christmas, because it just passed, as a as an example for things to memory keep, and it's, you know... It's a, a marker. That, it's a right, big exactly. marker. Right, it's exactly. It's a traditional time to, you know, take pictures and memory keep and mm -hmm. make a scrapbook. And it's so photo-worthy. You know, I know. If you have a tree... Oh, my God. I love taking <laughs> pictures of the tree. Um, if you want to scrapbook Christmas, scrapbook Christmas, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, like maybe you love going around and looking at people's houses. Um, maybe that's not, maybe you don't celebrate anything about Christmas at all. Maybe you're Jewish and you celebrate Christmas by going out and eating Chinese food and going to the movies. So scrapbook that. That's an awesome story. Any story that you think is awesome is worth scrapbooking, no matter what anyone else thinks. It's so true. And I think that birthdays and Christmas, again, because memory keeping tends to be a collection of photos, right, and words, which is really what memory keeping is, there tends to be so many photo-worthy moments and so many feelings that come up about during holidays and birthdays. And I think that's what makes them good checkpoints to memory keep. But then when you were talking about that, it made me reflect because one of my most favorite things I've ever documented, and I'm talking like years and years and years of crafting, was a photo of a hair tie that I took out of my hair that I held up because I couldn't understand why when you put your hair up in a half ponytail, the, the ponytail doesn't slide, like the hair tie doesn't slide out. It always gets caught on like underneath hair. Like this is a problem that I, <laughs> that I was stuck on. And like, and I took a picture of this like ratty hair tie with strands of my hair coming out and journaled around it. Why does this happen every time my hair? So that like when I think about that memory, I am obsessed with how I documented it. I'm obsessed that I got that memory out that something that was on my head, because just like you said with your grandma, like, yes, I have a photo of my grandma young with her pointy boo bra and her like Mary Tyler Moore hair in front of a tree because it was Christmas and they were dressed up and I love seeing my grandma like that. I wish I would have known how that pointy boob bra made her feel. Like, I wish I had her. Right. Yeah. Like, so for me, a lot of the reason why I memory keep is to get those little tiny thought bubbles that if I didn't write them down, wouldn't have been lost in time forever. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of you crafty ass females listening to this with curly, crazy hair that have experienced that before are probably like, yes, girlfriend. <laughs> like, right. It's all about those tiny little things. Like for me, it is. It's not about yeah. like, oh, Christmas happened. Yeah. Oh, my birthday happened. Yeah. No, we're all aware of like how the earth rotates around the sun. We're good. 
Like, we've got that covered. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, how do I feel about, you know, the socks that Jeff bought me and my sister this year that were actually for children and not for adults? <laughs> <sighs> Way to go, Jeff. <laughs> um, I, they are so, they're so comfortable, though. So, like, um, I'm going to keep them because they almost fit. Um, <laughs> so I feel pretty good about them, actually. Yeah. Uh, but like these tiny little moments and these tiny little things. And that's why um, I love making vacation scrapbooks mm -hmm. because, sure, I love as much as I love taking vacation photos and like capturing these gorgeous moments of these places that I'm not from and exploring. I love just putting down a sentence or two of like this place was so cool to explore because you know x y and z mm -hmm. or like if you ever go back to this place remember you know about this restaurant or you know remember to tell your friends about the incredible chicken place in san antonio um mm -hmm. there's an incredible chicken place in san antonio and i will link to it in the show notes <laughs> because you need to go there by the way um i don't remember what it's called and also it's in Spanish, and my Spanish is terrible, so I will not say it on the air. Um, but it is incredible. We went, to there, we went to the restaurant as soon as we got to San Antonio, and we were only in San Antonio for three days, but we made it back to the restaurant and brought all of our friends there. Um, but, like, that's what I want to remember. I want to remember that, like, we found an amazing restaurant off the beaten path in San Antonio, and now I want to tell every single person who ever goes to San Antonio, like, get to this restaurant, guys. It was amazing. And put that green sauce on, like, everything. <laughs> yeah, and how would people have known that? Or, like, for me, so, like, why I document and why I memory keep was at first it was this trancy thing. Then when I started really documenting those little moments, like the hair tie moment, I remember thinking like, this is what I want my future grandchildren to know about me. And, and the future grandchildren part of this really started ringing in my ears. Like then everything I documented was almost like, would my future grandchildren want to know this? Would my future grandchildren, like, just like you said, like grandma Kristen, like for some reason we think about leaving these legacies, like, but not in a way of like, just how I started this, like proof of life, proof of existence. I was here, you know, don't forget about me, but it's like those little details that you want people to know you felt. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it, that's where it started to go. So first it was this trancy thing that I wanted to like participate in for reasons unbeknownst to myself. Then I landed on the reason that it was going to be for my future grandchildren. I even wrote like my first December daily I ever did, which I think was only the introduction page. I don't think I ever got past that, but the introduction page was so cute and I still save it because it's like motivation for all my other December dailies it's like it says like to my future grandchildren may your Christmases blah 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 and like know that I was thinking of you back then like it's the cutest little intro but that kind of motivated all the reasons why I was documenting and the kinds of stuff I was documenting like what I wish I would known of my grandma and my one grandma's still alive I could probably still ask her but like things like I wouldn't have even known to ask or like my future grandchildren wouldn't even know to ask. Yeah. This is something that I hit on very, very, very early in my memory keeping. Like when I decided like that I wanted feminist scrapbooking to be a thing, it was because of this, because of my grandmother and um, her stories. She has the most amazing stories. Um, she's one of the best storytellers I know. She's still alive. Yeah. Um, She's actually in the hospital right now. She just had a pacemaker put in yesterday. Oh, she's doing grandma. Good. So, we love her. Um, everyone else calls her Grandma we do Jean. Love her. Um, but she's my grandma, and I'm the oldest, so that gives me, uh, you know, special privileges. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that I'm the best, but don't sugarcoat a girlfriend. We, I'm the oldest on one grandma's side too. <laughs> um, so, uh. I wrote my book, the uh, 100 Days of All About Me, and I sent it to her. Well, my mom sent it to her for Christmas. Cute. Um, and in the introduction, it is uh, one of the things I wrote was, uh, you know, thank you. I wrote this 
in part, you know, for my mom and my grandmother, whose stories are a big part of everything I do. And her wanting to know more about my grandmother and her stories and all of these tiny little bits and pieces of her life and this incredibly interesting life that she led. Um, she crashed two cars before that she, before she was 14. <sighs> yeah. Crazy. Right. Um, they were both model T's obviously because that was the only <laughs> car that existed back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you crash two cars before you're 14? Like, I mean, why are you in a car before you're 14? Um, right? <laughs> so they lived, right, they lived on a farm when she was 14, and her parents were not home on the weekends. So, like, I guess you just go joyriding. <laughs> and there was well, no Instagram. Clearly, you just go joyriding. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was no Instagram. So, uh, that happened. Um, apparently, she got kicked out of her war job. When, you know, like, during World War II, when everyone had jobs at, like, the war offices, and she was a secretary in the war office, and the guy was like, um, so Jean, or Genevieve, so Genevieve, you know that you uh, have to be 18 to work in the war office, and you're not 18. And she was like, well, I'm going to be 18 in two months, and I thought maybe you wouldn't find out. <laughs> and he was like, well, I did, and unfortunately, you can't work here anymore. She's like, oh, okay, well, thanks. Thanks for letting me work here for three months. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye. Um, she's been all over. She used to run, uh, trips to Las Vegas every single year with, like, like, 70 of her old lady friends. Um, for, like, 26 years she would go. She's just the most incredible person. She grew up on an onion farm, and they had workers, and she, oh my god, she tried to set her house on fire. My grandma has set her house on fire. By accident, but she tried no, to? No, my grandma, yeah, no. So the people, like, down the street, I mean, like, these were, like, this is in the New York countryside in, like, yeah. the 1940s. Yes. So she was born in 1929. 25? Flapper. Um, what are we? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> right, so, so she was, um, this is the New York's countryside, and she, uh, the people down the street, their house burned down and everyone in the neighborhood, you know, helped to rebuild their house and they got a nice, beautiful new house. And then she was like, well, obviously we need a new house. So let's burn our house down too. Um, that logically sounds like a great idea. Grandma right? Genevieve. Oh my God. Oh no, you can't call what, her that. No one's allowed to call her that. She hates that name. She like, like she hates the name. Yeah, Grandma Jean. She hates the name Genevieve. Like, like, actively hates. Like, no one knows that that's her name. I don't even. I like. You I don't even know how many people actually know that's her name. I mean, well, I know it's her name because do. my mom knows it's her name right now. Now there are thousands of people. Thanks, Kristen. We've told Grandma's secret. No, but totally. Um, I totally get where you're coming from. And then you would just have loved to hear. Her right. take and so I sat down. I made her tell me all of these stories. I recorded mm -hmm. it, and I have some files on my computer to make sure that I got it down. Um, I'd like to do it again the next time I go home. But like, it's only you know a couple of hours here and there, mm -hmm. and you know she's more than ninety. So I would have liked to have it with her when she was twenty or twenty-five mm -hmm. or you know right thirteen when she crashed the car. Like right, what were you thinking at? 13 and how do you even reach the pedals <laughs> yeah how do you see over yeah, the steering all wheel the mysteries like, i would want to know too yeah yeah what what's up with that like i want to know all of these things like like she didn't have my mom until she was more than 30 and she had been married to my grandpa for like seven years like what was it life to like live the single like the not to live the like married not kids life in the 50s like yeah. That must have been so cool in New York City. Like, what was that like? I mean, aside from the tremendous lack of technology and resources that we have now, like culturally, I think for the generations before us, it wasn't really 
you didn't talk about things. Like, I think that's part of it too. That if there was some secret hidden diary or book, that Mm would have been amazing because I don't even think they really know, would have known how to tell stories of how they were feeling because it was so like, don't, don't talk about how you're feeling. Like, I feel like now it's much more spot on. Yeah. Like it's absolutely true. So it's so interesting to think about what they would have said, but the culture did never, never promoted this kind of storytelling. There wouldn't have even been words for them to like, that's so true. I guess I really never thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, neither have I except hearing your grandma in that whole conversation, because I think about that too. And like, sometimes my grandma will have a story that she almost forgot or like my mom too, where like, cause it never entered their mind to tell anyone about it. Like it's just, and like, I've known my mom for my whole life and I'm like, that really happened, Ma? Like, it, it's almost like I couldn't believe what she was saying, and neither could totally. she, because she's like, oh, I've just kept that in this all this time. Like, right. oh. So, I mean, so then that brings me to, like, so the next reason why I kind of, in this evolution of my journey of being creative, I kind of had this morbid thought of, like, once I started accumulating these memory books, and it really was, like, since I had one or two or three Project Life albums under my belt, I said to my sister, I was like, and she hates when I say this, but I say it all the time because it lives in my brain. It's a very morbid thought, but I told her, I was like, when I die, I was like, all I want you to do, my only wish, dying wish, is to just surround my casket with all these books that I have created and let people flip through and let them get to know me. I was like, because they'll see me in a whole new light. They'll hear what I thought about this trip and this hair tie and this, so... That started becoming, so it wasn't only like to leave my legacy for my future generation. Then it started becoming like on my deathbed, what I'd want people to know about me. That's <laughs> or awesome. Like, or like this resource that my sister could use to decorate my casket. Like it, she, she goes, don't talk like that. I don't want to hear it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, so she gets mad at me. But that thought is there. And whenever I memory keep, I always reflect on that. I'm like, these are going to probably amazing. live way longer than I am. Yeah. You also gave me an amazing idea. I need to now like write in my will that I need to create two separate boxes. I need to create the box of scrapbooks to show off and the box of scrapbooks to be destroyed. I need to find like, I need to like find my best friend and be like, hey, can you destroy these scrapbooks so that no one sees them and people don't like get like super offended and like don't get like terribly like don't hate me for the rest of their lives for the things like it would be my burn book like please literally burn my burn books burn after reading yeah yes absolutely um yeah and that's you know that's another thing please like you know scrapbooks don't have to be all happy joy lucky you know Mm -hmm. my life is fantastic i'm so blessed you know here are my two and a half children and my white picket fence and the house perfect life yeah yeah. it's it's about your life and you know if everyone had the exact same life then everyone's scrapbooks would look exactly the same and there would be no point in us doing this whole thing anyway so the fact that your life is unique the fact that your stories are unique and the fact that like your life doesn't look like everybody else's is the reason for you to take the time to like think about your stories, think about what's important to you, and to be crafty and put those things down on paper or digitally in your phone. There's apps that will scrapbook for you. The Project Life app is cool, and you can either you know keep them on your phone forever or print them out into books and get those printed once a month, once a year, whenever you feel like it. Um, there are so many resources out there for you to be creative, you know, whether you have five minutes a day, five minutes a week, uh, a free day, a free snow day, like today, whenever you want to tell your story, whatever it is that you want to do, you can, like, there doesn't have to be a million roadblocks in your way if you want to scrapbook your life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, go to Michael's or go to any big box store and buy, you know, that scrapbook, you know, with that page protector set and those things because that's, you know, how you scrapbook. That's not a thing. 
you can scrapbook any way you want. Um, yeah, you can make it as simple or complicated as you want. But that leads me to like, so the next reason I kind of, that kind of came about, and it was like a tagline for a while for my blog, was I started saying live and make art of it. So, that. yeah, because that's what the memory keeping started translating to. Because I think once I tapped into, you know, I'm sharing these things. So like you said, you're going to have a burn book and I have crafted like negative emotions. But for the most part, my crafting ends up knowing because I'm going to knowing that I want people to look at them and knowing I'm going to share them. It tends to be more of this uplifty kind of gratitude for the good things that are going on. So it does kind of, we talked about this a little bit too, where like, it is kind of my highlight reel of yeah. the stuff. But like I said, like I've also scrapbooked breakups and I've also scrapbooked my, hair tie frustrating me. So it is like those little moments too of totally. not necessarily sunshine and rainbows. But for the most part, it's it's me doing just that, trying to live and make art of it. And then what ends up happening is that I will end up knowing that I'm going to memory keep and knowing documenting is this big part of my life that I love doing, I end up living in a way that warrants good documenting or like that Absolutely. warrants. So that's kind of where that it all like wraps back around full circle. So when I used to use live and make art of it, I don't mean art as in these big giant masterpieces, right? Like it just means play around with expressing it. So you're going to live in a way that makes you express it fun and playfully and reflects who you are so totally yeah I think like for so for a while and I and again all these different phases and all these different reasons why I memory keep are now all a part of me they all kind of have materialized into why I memory keep now but that's a big one yeah and I think like for me personally right now definitely um Project Life is going to be where I'm doing most of my scrapbooking, everyday life documenting. And I don't need that to be in any way, like, negative. Mm -hmm. And if, just for, for, the, for the reason, like, you know, there's not really anything negative going on in my life right now. And mm -hmm. all of the times where I feel like the need to, to art out my emotions it's not in any sort of permanent way. Mm -hmm. But there are, like, I do have scrapbooks where, like, there are times where my life just sucked. In terms of memory keeping, all of my scrapbooks and what things that we would consider scrapbooks in terms of my art are definitely things that would never actually offend anyone. <laughs> um, unless you're just offended by things, because somehow people <laughs> are always offended by something. So we'll just leave that out as a disclaimer. Um, but, like, I do keep, like, my art journals and certain things for, like, I want to say, how do I, temporary frustration and, like, mm -hmm. temporary really deep emotions. Stuff. Yeah, and, like, not necessarily permanent memory keeping. Um, it, I guess it would be emotion keeping instead of memory keeping. And I want to kind of try to make a distinction between that. Whereas, like, yes. in, in my art, we're, like, scrapbooking, like, so Project Life, December Daily, um, and, like, my general, like, my Book of Me project, um, and life, like, documenting projects, mm -hmm. where I'm taking, like, literal stories that are happening, um, those are all, like, reality-based things, and those are all very much scrapbook memory-keeping and documenting projects. Mm -hmm. And then I have another side of my creativity and paper crafting and art projects that are not necessarily, like, reality-based. Right. Um, I mean, it, I don't know if reality is I know the best word. I know exactly what you're talking about. I kind of have a story that kind of ties in. So 
a, a sweet girl. Her name was Lauren. She, she emailed me recently through my blog and she said, I recently broke up with my boyfriend of six months. I'm not sure what to do with the photos. She goes, the memories are good, but I don't know if I could bring myself to scrapbook them. He was an important part of my life, but in the long run, I don't know if I'd want to see those photos, even though they're painful, even though they aren't painful memories. Uh, she goes, they just aren't relevant to my life now. She said, I remembered you had included the hard stuff as well as the good stuff in your albums. And I was wondering if you found comfort in doing so, or would you recommend avoiding it? So this was so she kind of posed me that this was like, again, like all this emotion she was feeling, but she also felt the obligation to get that down. Kind of like we were talking about, like, you feel like you have to get the memory in or right. else if you're missing this gap kind of thing. And this is kind of where what you're saying, what she was talking about, this is kind of was my advice to her and where I think I've evolved to in why I memory keep. And I think we touched on this in a, in a past episode but I don't remember which, when I referenced the Austin Cleon and his son drawing. Yeah. Mem drawing. So he, Austin Cleon did a podcast that I'll reference it again if you didn't hear that episode. But he did a podcast where he was explaining how he was watching his son draw trucks and how after each completed truck, his son would just draw the truck over again. And that the end result of what the picture of the truck, the art, the craft, the documented thing wasn't what was important to his son. What his son was doing was trying to work out and understand what a truck was. So he just kept repeating making the truck. So that's kind of where I took her. I said, you know, um, sometimes like a lot of the time we as crafty as females and we as a people who want to be a part of this creative community, we want an end result of something that we can say, look what I did. Here's what I did. You can do it too. I memory kept this. It's done. It's beautiful. And it's the end. But sometimes the part we need the most is the act of making is getting whatever's in us out on paper through color and artistic expression and the end results of this kind of memory keeping doesn't matter as much as the therapeutic release of what we're feeling does. I think that's totally true. Or the the understanding of our circumstances through the making that happens right. too. Absolutely. Um, I have two examples of this. So one is that I have a totally separate headache journal. And so when mm -hmm. I'm feeling shitty about my headache situation, um, I do some art in my headache journal because my feelings about my headaches are always temporary um I know it's going to be over soon and so I don't really feel the need I've, I've scrapbooked my like truths about my headaches um and so I don't really feel the need to like fill more albums with like here's how I'm feeling about this situation that just is like non-existent I mean like always underpinned in my life it just is and so when I'm feeling like these temporary, like need to make something to get through how I'm feeling, I pull out my headache uh, art journal. Mm -hmm. And then I think we have another situation entirely where like actual shit things happen in our lives that we have no control over. And like, if you're doing something like project life and um, you are documenting your entire, you know, you, you're documenting your life and you have a tragedy and it encompasses your entire week or your entire month or like it has become part of your life. If you're documenting your life, that kind of has to become part of it. So personal example, um, when I was documenting Project Life uh, week to week, um, my cousin had a drug overdose mm -hmm. and went into the hospital and he was in a coma for six days and then he passed away. Wow. And that was everything for, for just two weeks. That was our lives. Everything that happened revolved around that. And mm -hmm. there really wasn't anything else going on. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't anything and so like what are the options and so like to look at it pragmatically which was not really an option at the time because of so many incredible emotions but to look at it pragmatically like you could just skip the weeks in project life and there not be anything at all which is an option mm -hmm. you can just 
not have anything at all and just like put in filler cards and just kind of skip over this tragedy and kind of not have this event and just keep like blank cards or pretty cards or pieces of paper um or you can talk about it or and however you want to talk about it is up to you there's a spectrum of ways that you can deal with it um i did uh hidden journaling i put an envelope you know with my my letter to my cousin in there and i put all the things from his wake and his funeral on the page and i kept everything else blank because mm-hmm. there was no way that i could put like public words in there and there wasn't really anything more for me to say mm-hmm. like there were a lot of feelings but they really aren't public feelings and like flipping through that album just seeing that page is kind of enough mm-hmm. and like for me if i want to go read that journaling i can go read that journaling and i wrote it in a way that if people want to go inside and read that like if someone at some point goes through my project life album and feels the need to open up to that page and read that journaling it's there for them mm-hmm. and if not then they can it's move on it's there for you and it was there for you right. yeah exactly and it's there for me because you know and I wrote that when it happened, mm-hmm. because I knew if I did not write it when it happened, I never, ever, ever would have gone back to it. Mm-hmm. This makes me think of, I think it was yesterday. So it's funny how throughout this journey with you in this podcast, things that have immediately inspired me or have caught my attention come up. It's weird. But so I believe it's the woman, I don't know her real name, but her Instagram handle is Shutterbean. Do okay. you know of her? I but she, I, I believe for a long, for a long time, she has a great blog. She's like one of the old ancient bloggers of like doing this forever. And I think for a long time she was food photography or she would do family recipes and stuff. Really cute, really great content, Shutterbean. And in one of her posts recently, I think this week, I think her mother passed away like recently, like in the past few months or in the past month or something. And she she wrote something she's been writing and then I went through her feed after reading it and she just legit wrote what she said and she mentioned you know since my mother passed this 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 hashtag keep grief weird and I like fell in friggin love with that like hashtag keep grief weird and that's kind of what we're talking about we're like you need memory keeping to be what you need it to be in any point in time. And Mm -hmm. even if it's to get through grief and you look at that and say, oh, this is in Project Life content because Project Life content is gung-ho and motivational and inspirational and so good, highlight reel. It's just you keeping grief weird. Just translate what you need in your memory keeping to be what you need it to be. Like just listen organically to your creative heart is calling you to make and like that's it just just keep memory keeping weird keep grief weird like because there's no proper way sometimes to filter grief out it's just going to come out in a way that is uniquely you and if you are a memory keeper it's probably going to be memory kept like because that's just what you know how to do so yeah I just think so like in response to that that writer that you know the lady who wrote me Lauren um Yeah, because I have, you know, I have memory kept breakups and she had said something like, do you regret doing that? Or, or would you suggest, I I look at uh, albums of, of, you know, my ex and me and they don't hurt. They used to hurt right when it was fresh, but then, you know, I look at them now as like, look how far I came from that. So -hmm. then I feel like a Phoenix that have rise from the ashes. So there could be like different reactions to past memories that aren't necessarily part of your highlight reel, but they all, you know, they all had to be documented at some point. So I just think you should release it after that. Like there's not, you shouldn't, it's, we need to train ourselves to just release it and, and let it be in the world without placing judgment on past project. Like we're so used to like, the end result holding it up and waiting for people to validate whether it's a good or not end result but that's not your job like your job is not to 
make this end result that makes others feel something or you feel something. You just needed to make it and now it's out there and you're on to making the next thing. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I love about memory keeping and scrapbooking is that it's proof that you did something. Mm -hmm. Like, without external validation, it's, you know, I was here. I did this. I, you know, went to California and snapped pictures of all of these pretty butterflies. I went to Texas and I went to go see the state house. I, you know, stayed home and sat on the couch and made my favorite hot chocolate. It's proof of your story. It's, you know, we talk which is inherently bit. valuable. We talk right. about that a lot. Yeah. We talked um, a couple weeks ago about people who just watch concerts through their phone. Mm -hmm. And like, this is something that I've felt so many times at a concert, this, this pull of emotion of like, oh my God, I need to get like one perfect picture and like 30 seconds of video so that I can like put my fucking phone away so that I can be present because, oh my God, there is nothing better than being at a live concert. But at the same time, like, I've made, like, the best art with, like, the handful of photos and some of the video that I've gotten at concerts. And, like, oh, my God, I am in love with the projects that I've created from the few bits and pieces of memories that I've captured while being at live shows. Mm -hmm. It's such great art that, like, you need to be able to know and walk that fine line of okay, I'm going to, you know, like bomb in there and like capture these memories real quick and like store them on my phone and then get out and like live my life. Amen, sister. That's something I've been thinking about too. I had um, at a recent dinner with Jana Wilson, who actually is a designer now for the Happy Planner, but she's done creative lettering. She has a website. She's great. I'll link to it. But we were having this creative conversation about a lot of what we talked about in that episode with just needing to have your phone in your hand, like be present, but be present with a phone. And what you're talking about is like that fine line between what do I capture and what do I enjoy without the pressure of capturing, right? For memory keeping purposes. And yeah, it, she really said the handful of things I get in about five minutes at an event or at a family thing is literally enough. She goes, and if you're creative, you can make something out of anything. So if you even got one blurry shot, you know, it, you can make it work. Absolutely. And I think that's where I'm at with it too, is like exactly what you said, like the handful I can work with. Is this useful? Yes. Then I can move on. Yeah. And if you been... practice and if you know like knowing yourself and knowing your style and being self-aware of who you are and what you want out of your scrapbooking and your memory keeping, you can go into a situation and get exactly what you need out of that five minutes. Um, so I've been going to see Jamie Cullum perform. He's a British pianist, mm -hmm. um, jazz rocking. He's this tiny little person. He's not that much taller than I am, which is adorable. <laughs> um, so I've seen him perform in like seven different places and he always, uh, finishes out his, uh, set before the encore with this song called Mixtape. And I will link to, uh, both the album version, which is just fine. And then the live version that he does, which is insane. Um, hmm. he does this at all of his shows. So like I capture like some of that song at every show. So like I wait until I know that song is coming. Mm -hmm. And so I can enjoy all of the show. And then I know mixtape is coming. And I'm like, okay, I'm mm -hmm. going to grab my phone for like 15 seconds of mixtape. And I've gotten mixtape at a couple of different venues. And like, I can piece those together. And that part is so much more like rich and meaningful. Because like, oh, this same song is happening. It makes me look at the venue a little bit more. It makes me look at, you know, what's the situation going on. We, you know, we know Jamie's singing. Um, we can tell, like, the best video I have is, like, I'm literally, like, two feet away from him because we got uh, <laughs> to the Blue Note Jazz Club 
in New York City mm-hmm. at the exact right time. And the um, bouncer was like, oh, hey, why don't you go sit at this table? Literally one seat behind the piano. And I was like, thank you. You've made this the best day of my life. I hope <laughs> you have a wonderful, you know, rest of your life. Um, but, you know, bomb in there. Take five minutes of your two-hour night or your, you know, five-hour family event and, like, don't try to, like, half-ass it for, like, 60 minutes. Oh, you know, this is a good moment. Here, let me take out my phone and take, you know, 20 C-plus pictures. Mm -hmm. No, spend five minutes being awesome at it, and then you're great for the whole night. You're good. You can put your phone away, and then you don't need to worry about it. Yeah, I feel that way, too. And and I've never missed a photo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, once you're at peace with that, then you, what you take feels like enough. Exactly. Yeah. So that, but that's learned too for me. Yes. That's learned. But a lot it's of my memory. Practiced. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I'm so good at, and I'm, I gravitate toward the everyday little moments like my hair tie that I have the luxury of spending time and taking, but that's one photo, but it's, it's the life events like Christmas or a birthday or a concert that you know are going to fly by that you don't have all the time in the world. It's those I struggle with more. And it's funny because a lot of people that I, like a lot of my friends and family, they know I keep these albums and they're almost surprised by me when I don't have a phone in my hand the whole event. Like, do you find that too? Like, they're like, I'm oh, the exact you... same way. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, my oh, mother-in-law you... takes pictures at all of our events and she sends us these beautiful Shutterfly albums. And she's like, Kristen, why don't you take pictures all the time? Why don't I see you take all of these pictures? And I'm like, <laughs> Marcy, I take pictures. Don't worry. I take them. You just don't see me taking them yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. We went to um, Meyer Gardens in Grand Rapids for Jeff's birthday party. And she took, you know, she had her phone in her hand and her camera in her hand and took like, you know, however many pictures and sent us a Shutterfly mm-hmm. book in like two weeks because she is the most organized and prolific person I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one who planned our entire Disney trip and is like amazing. Um, but she's like, Kristen, I didn't see you take any pictures. And I'm like, don't worry, Marcy. I have like 200 pictures on my phone. I'm good. <laughs> I took video yeah. and everything. We're like fantastic. Yeah, because it's sometimes your perspective can be captured quietly in the corner, like sometimes. And it's so funny because I feel like a lot of people expect me to spend so much time taking pictures, but I'm the one dancing at the party. Like I'm the one talking to family. Like, but then have you ever experienced like turning your head and looking at those girls who have been in the same spot for an hour and a half trying to get the perfect outfit photo and like posing and like and but you're never gonna get at a party because the lighting (laughs) sucks anyway but they still try because they're all dolled up they want to say they're at this party like whatever it is like and again if that's your thing like go for it girl like you want to be a supermodel for a day like you're all dolled up I get it but it goes back to that live and make art of it. Like if you're standing in the same spot for two minutes, making the same duck face because you didn't like how your stomach looked in one or your hair looked in the other, like you're not living. Like that's not living to try and get the perfect photo of yourself to either post or that's what I meant by posturing. Like you're trying to look like you're this Uber party babe that like, I don't know, you know, I know you girls know what I'm talking about. You, my people, but absolutely. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. People are surprised that I'm not constantly posing or get over here. Let's take it in front of this plan or that I'm dancing and I'm eating the cake and I'm like, I am not thinking about photos. I'll take the one or two, but you got to live and make art of it. There's no art if you aren't living. (laughs) That's why like. So we went to this Meyer Gardens place, which is amazing. So if any of you are ever in like the Grand Rapids area and need something to do, go to Meyer Gardens. It's fantastic. The first thing we did was take like a trolley tour of the entire um, gardens and they drive you around and they show you all of the sculptures and all of the art pieces. So I'm like making a whole list of the things I want to take pictures of in my head. So as soon as we get to those places, I'm like, okay, picture of this, picture of this, picture Mm -hmm. of this, check, check, check. Mm -hmm. So like I can actually spend time looking and feeling the art because Mm -hmm. it's this gorgeous sculpture garden. It was a gorgeous 97 degree day in september in michigan 
because there's definitely no such thing as global warming. And <laughs> that was awesome. But like, you know, taking a picture is a two-dimensional thing. A picture is a two-dimensional object. And sometimes it, you just really need to live in a three-dimensional world. Especially, like, if you're at a party and dancing or you're at a sculpture garden and you need to just, like, literally sit on the ground and be a part of these sculptures. Like, you don't just go to a place to take photographs. You need to be. You need to be present. You need to feel those things because those things are also the other things that make you more of a creative. That help you, you know, like, put two and two together when you can't put those things together anymore. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And it's the difference between, oh, this is happening. Let me take a photo to remember. It's the difference between that, which in my case is what my memory keeping looks like. And where can I take the photo? Where can I show that I lived? Where, Like, that's the different experience. It's like, right. what comes what's first? The point? Yeah. What's the point of memory keeping the party if you spent the entire party looking to take the best photo yes that's what's what your I'm journaling yeah. oh my god we spent the whole time <laughs> looking to take the best photo here it is yeah yeah that's so, yeah i mean if that's really what you want a scrapbook then sure but i don't think you would I be think... listening to this podcast if that's what you wanted to scrapbook <laughs> <laughs> but you know so, sometimes i think it's it's uh unintentional i don't sometimes i think people that's are absolutely just true yeah i don't i don't it, you know it's just bringing awareness to these kinds of behaviors but case yeah, you're probably not going to do that twice <laughs> you're probably not going to come home from that party and be like shit let me not do that again. Let me, you know, I'll go to the next but party. But I even and think like... of it, I even think of it as like the searching for the beautiful photo wall, right? Because mm -hmm. beautiful backdrops are the trend. And if I stumble upon one on my adventures, I would be happy to take a picture of one. But there are some people that scout them, you know, scout the photo for the documenting. Which I guess is okay. I don't know. I'm very confused about it That's all. That's why I appreciate when people do put up photo walls at parties because at least there's like a designated yeah. place to go. Yeah. It's like, here, you yes. over there. This is yes. where we do the photos. Yeah. And now that you've stepped away from them, go have a good time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. But I mean, this has been a really fun conversation. One that, like I said in the beginning, I needed to birth into life. A lot of these ideas have been sitting in my brain because... You know, memory keeping is what we do. And, Absolutely. And it's going to continue to be what we do. But I think what I've pulled from this convo and the lessons I've kind of learned is that it's for my grandchildren. It's for my deathbed. It's for my life now in the present to have beautiful things to be able to live through. It's, you know, sometimes not for the end product and it's sometimes just for the art of making. And sometimes it is for the end product because I do want to show people the things that I'm capable of because maybe I could make a living at some of the aspects of that, right? So there's so many different ways throughout my journey of that I've came up why I memory keep. And I'm sure that our listeners have their own reasons as well. But absolutely. I mean, the bottom line is if you love doing it, just keep doing it. If you're called to do it, those reasons and more, maybe even some reasons you don't foresee yet are reasons why. Absolutely. And you're, you're only going to figure out more the more you do it. Mm -hmm. And like, like you figured out on your journey, those reasons that you do it only reinforce the other reasons mm -hmm. and they come full circle and so i am a storyteller i have told you multiple stories today in this episode <laughs> um and that came out of loving to take photographs and if a picture is worth a thousand words there are so many tens of thousands of words you can tell with just a couple dozen photographs mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that I love about scrapbook albums is that you can take some photographs and just with a few words and some paper and whatever it is that you're feeling you can create an entire storybook and it can tell the story of your life it can tell the story of whatever it is you're doing at the time it can tell the story of your right now 
And it's just so amazing that you can take something that happened, something that's happening, and little bits and pieces that you collect along the way. And we have so many tools at our disposal between our phones and the apps and the like 12 dozen printers in varying sizes that you can print your photos on at home and get your photos printed either online or at like every little box store between here and the moon. There's no reason why you can't do this. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be. There's a million roadblocks standing in your way, but you have the tools and the power to just move them. This is this is anything that you want it to be. And I'm really happy that you listened to us and sat through uh, us talking about why we memory keep. And we would so love to hear why you memory keep and why you scrapbook and how long you've been scrapbooking and the things that you love about it. Um, yeah, like what are your reasons? Yeah. What, what things have, you know, brought you to scrapbooking? What, what has made you stay a scrapbooker? If you've ever, you know, stopped scrapbooking for a while, what has brought you back to it? Mm-hmm. Totally. That's a good one. And what I can't believe is this is our 10th episode. And for those of you who have listened to one or two or all of our episodes, um, we're curious about what you would want to hear from us as well. and like. You know, if we've touched on topics that are that are near and dear to your heart, which other ones would you want us to expand on? What what would you want us to talk about? I mean, our voices are here. We're ready to do this thing. It's already episode 10. And, uh, you know, we're all in this together. Crafty ass females, girls. So, yeah. If you have any questions for future episodes, we would love to hear them. Maybe we'll do a and a episode in the future. Ooh, um, fun. If you have any questions, you can always check us out on our website, Crafty Ass Female. Um, you can check out previous episodes. And if you love us, you should absolutely head over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And we will talk to you next week. And otherwise, we hope that you have an awesome crafty week. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.